0: You're listening to the Small and Simple Things Podcast, a guide to the beliefs, practices, and culture of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and its members. I'm Matthew Watkins. Now, in the first few episodes of this podcast, I talked heavily about Latter-day Saint theology, regarding what we call the plan of salvation. I talked about who God is, who we are in relation to Him, And the purpose of life, how our reason for being here on this earth is to learn, to grow, to form a family, and to eventually, someday, return to God with our family. Now, these fundamental truths drive our outlook on life. They are super critical. They drive everything that we believe, everything that we say, and everything that we do. So I needed to cover those first. But right now, I want to take a break from kind of that doctrinal aspect of everything and covers something that's less doctrine and more day-to-day. So I want to talk a little bit about church organization. Now, if you were to ask someone, what's the first word that comes to your mind when you think of Mormons, many people will say family. And I'm really glad that we have that perspective in the world, or rather that perception in the world, that everyone sees and knows that we are a family-centered organization. And that is 100% true. President Kimball, who was one of the presidents of our church, said, the most important of the Lord's work you will ever do will be within the walls of your own homes. And then President Packer, another leader in our church, said, the purpose of all activity in the church is to see that a man and woman with their children are happy at home. That's really what it's all about. In fact, President Nelson, our current church president, very recently announced a change that was implemented just this January where our entire church services on Sunday have been shortened to two hours across the globe to make more time on Sundays for families to spend time together at home studying the scriptures and learning about Christ. We really are a family-centered organization. The family, we believe, is the fundamental unit of society, and so of course it's the fundamental unit of the church. So when I talk about church organization, church hierarchy, church structure, remember that it's all built around that nucleus of the family. Well, families don't always meet solely in isolation to worship. We do have congregations. So where do we and our families go for Sunday services? Well, those congregations are called wards. Uh, Each ward generally contains a few hundred members, or if it's in a growing area of the church that doesn't quite have the same, uh, I guess, density, population density, then it's called a branch. And it may only contain a few dozen members. Functionally, though, wards and branches are basically the same in how they're organized and what their purpose is. And each congregation, be it a ward or a branch, is formed geographically. In other words, we live within certain boundaries. It's not that we pick where to go to church, it's we pick whether or not to go to church. And so you look up on the map and you say, okay, well, here are the boundaries for this ward. This is the ward that I am in. Congregations meet in a chapel or a rented hall every Sunday morning And each congregation, be it a ward or a branch again, is led by a pastor. If it's a ward, that pastor is called a bishop. Or if it's in a growing area, if it's a branch, then it's called a branch president. But again, they basically function the same. Now, our pastors are not career pastors. They didn't go to divinity school. They didn't go to theological seminary. Uh, They're normal people with normal jobs. So we've got men who are, you know, garbage truck drivers and sanitation workers and software developers, maybe some CEOs. It's really just all across the board that who they are and what they do for life really has nothing to do with what we do on Sundays. These are normal people with normal jobs, just like we all are. And they are asked, they are assigned, in fact, to be pastors. They don't seek out the position. And they're asked to volunteer nights and weekends completely without pay for about five years. The job of a pastor in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is not an easy job at all. And because it's not an easy job, they pray and ask members to volunteer to lead certain organizations within the congregation, kind of to delegate responsibilities to try and even out the load. So members in the church are called to be young men, young women leaders, Adult and children's Sunday school leaders, men and women organization leaders, to head up facilities, to take care of finances, to direct music, everything. We all have a calling in the ward or in the branch. In the congregation, everyone has a job, sometimes even two or three. I'll go more into detail on that when I talk about how a congregation works in another episode. Now, the congregation doesn't act in isolation or independent as well. Each geographical congregation is part of a larger geographical unit, called a stake. Now, that's S-T-A-K-E, like you drive a stake into the ground to hammer in a tent, not S-T-E-A-K, like let's go to Outback. Um, Each stake, which comes from a scripture in Isaiah and actually does refer to tents, it contains about six to ten congregations, or if it's a growing area, we will call this geographic unit a district. But again, stakes and districts, like branches and wards, are functionally the same. Each stake or district is led by a stake or district president and others who assist him to direct the efforts going on in the various congregations in the stake. Again, like all assignments and like all positions in the church, this is done by assignment, not by seeking the position, and it is completely unpaid. For example, I live in the Apex, North Carolina stake. We cover areas going out into Raleigh, all the way west out to Siler City, and various areas in between. And so there's a geographical map of what areas comprise our stake. Now, each stake belongs to a larger geographical unit called an area, which is led by an area president and others who assist him, again, by assignment and unpaid. Now, this is kind of the top level. We're finally getting there. The world is divided up into 25 areas that cover various parts. Sometimes an area will cover an entire continent. Sometimes it covers only part of a country. In North America, where there are a lot of members of the church, you will see several areas within each country. For example, here in North Carolina, we are part of the North America Southeast area. Now, rising up to the very top level, you get what we call general authorities. Now, it's important to note, there are not hundreds of thousands of Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, right? There may be hundreds of thousands of chapels, but there are not hundreds of thousands of churches. There is only one Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and it is a global church, an international organization. And the people who lead that church overall we call general authorities, the general leadership of the church. And they're led by the top levels of our church leaders, which include... The Twelve Apostles, the First Presidency, and the President of the Church. Now, if you look in the New Testament, you will recall that Jesus Christ, during his mortal ministry here on the earth, called Twelve Apostles to lead his church after his death. Those Twelve Apostles were the ancient apostles, and they fell away. You notice that there haven't been Twelve Apostles on the earth for thousands of years. One of the key tenets of our church is that there are Twelve Apostles called by God again today to lead his church. In addition, we have the First Presidency, and these are the men that occupy basically the same spaces as Peter, James, and John. They lead and direct the efforts of the Twelve Apostles, and the premier member of the First Presidency is the president of the church, who we believe to be a prophet, seer, and revelator, very similar to Moses or Noah or Peter. So that's kind of how the church is organized That's the hierarchical levels that exist, and that's how the leadership is directed. And having this solid hierarchical structure means a few things. Number one, it means a lot of consistency. No matter where you go in the world, no matter what language the members are speaking, you're going to have basically the same Sunday experience. You're going to have the same Sunday school topics covered in the same Sunday school lessons, teaching the same truths, and you're going to have the same community of friends, families, and believers in the church. It also means that we all have a job. Well, sure, it's a volunteer, unpaid job that takes up a lot of time, but it is a job. It keeps us busy and engaged, helping and serving one another. And it keeps us mindful of what we call our stewardship. Each of us has a position in the church, a way to help and serve and lift and bless others, and we each have people that we are assigned to minister to. And so we are very conscious of who we are responsible to be helping at any given time and in any given position. It keeps us on the Lord's errand. It keeps us doing His work and trying to do our jobs, what we call our callings, in a way that He would have us do, as we are called to watch over and serve part of the flock. The last piece that having this structure teaches us is, it may be structured, but there aren't really members and leaders. There's not that hard division there. In a real sense, we are all leaders, and we are all members we are all on this journey together and we're going to have different responsibilities at different times in our lives for how God wants us to contribute to that work. But regardless of how we do it, our responsibility is to magnify our efforts, to put our best foot forward and do our very best to use our skills and talents to help further the Lord's work. That's all I have for today. Check out the show notes and SmallAndSimpleThingsPodcast.com for a ton of links about this topic. Don't forget to subscribe to future episodes and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. And do share us with a friend. And lastly, remember, I'm not an official representative of the church. So to learn more about the church, please visit the official church site, comeuntochrist.org. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next time on the Small and Simple Things podcast.